All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Uh, not with me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, enjoying some well-deserved time off here right now. We have Golick and Smitty's very own Drew filling in, hanging out with us today, along with Isaiah, our producer out in Vegas. Uh, my father, Mike Golick Sr., still here, managed to show up. And uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube audience, which, as always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, check us out on YouTube and DraftKingsNetwork.com, wearing various shades of green on a Monday today. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's been an interesting, you know, weekend compared to, you know, we had our, our Golic Family Foundation golf tournament a week ago. Uh, you were in for the week. Sydney was in for a little while. Chris's mom, my mother-in-law, was here for about three weeks. Jake, Jenny, and grandson Jackson and dog Chip were here for like three weeks. So this was the first weekend in a while there was nobody here. So I watched a whole lot of men's golf, women's golf, uh, Formula One racing, and Wimbledon. Uh, a lot of tennis as well, which led me to, with last night when we were doing our meeting, a question I brought up that I'll bring up at some point in watching the men play and just how friggin' hard they hit a tennis ball, started making me think of comparing sports. So, yeah, that was that was my weekend of just kind of sitting around and, and watching a ton of sports when the house all of a sudden is empty again. Yeah, it's amazing what it's like having your life back to yourself after having to herd cats for a few weeks there. And probably good timing on that. We've got a great show, as you mentioned. Um, plenty of went on. We'll get to some of Wimbledon and the question that prompted from dad. We will get to college sports having a decidedly normal weekend with Bob Huggins and what's going on with Northwestern football. Dear God. But, uh, dad, this is also a big week now, too. Did you use any of the time to get out on the golf course? Because it's American Century Week. You're getting ready to go golf with all these celebrities and famous people in Tahoe. I know you talked about being less nervous after seeing Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and those guys go hack it up. But how is your game feeling heading into what I think we'll dub around here as Ray Romano week? For anybody that missed it, dad's going to golf with all these famous people. Out in Tahoe, you usually see a lot of athletes and entertainers in this event going at it. Tony Romo basically wins the thing every year. But the only famous person my dad actually cares about meeting is Ray Romano because him and my mom sit and watch Everybody's Raymond, Loves Raymond religiously every night. And I feel like part of this, Dad, has to be you impressing Ray with your golf game. Uh, I, I Listen, I just want to meet him and hope he's a good dude. You're right. You know, I mean, it's like be careful with those people you wish to meet of how they are because me and your mother met a group out in I won't I won't name names out at the Pro Bowl years ago and we were fans of them it was a singing group and they were not the nicest around now again maybe you catch them on a, on a bad minute there or so or off time or whatever but we walked away a little bit bummed out and it's like sometimes be careful who you want to meet but I'm expecting good things out of meeting Ray Romano and yeah I've always said this even when I was doing my shows you know at ESPN 
I, I listen, most of the athletes that are golfing in this, I probably had on my program at one time or another, especially the older guys. So yeah, th th those are like people I know and, and have known for years. It's the entertainers, whether it's the actors or the singers that I didn't know that, that kind of intrigued me more to meet. So yes, Ray Romano is high on the list for your mother and I uh, to get a picture with at this. And I am, I'm working on the golf, but Mike, I'm falling into the trap and you do this. Obviously you can do this with golf, just thinking too much and trying to correct too much watching videos of right now. The worst thing oh, is no. my, 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 my drive is slicing too much and I'm trying to fix that. And miraculously, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to fix it by watching like a Hank Haney video three days before the tournament starts, where I'll go out and hit some balls today and say, okay, I'm going to cure my, like he said, cure your slice in five shots. So that's, that's what I'm going to do later today. <laughs> see if I can cure my shot, my slice in five shots. <laughs> if you're ever wondering who buys all that golf stuff that you see advertised yeah. online or on TV, I can assure you it's my dad. Dad, what was the name of the driver that you bought oh. that you could hit off the deck? What was the name of that club? Oh, I wish I could remember, Mike. It was an old man driver. I got it a couple of years ago. And you could also, like you said, hit it off the deck as well. It took away distance, but it was supposed to be pretty forgiving and put it in the fairway. And it was basically a piece of crap. Um, I've done that once or twice other times as well to buy something that's supposed to help my game. So I actually, now this was one of the other good things about, you know, for a couple of decades doing, doing a national show. If you kind of needed something like I would say on air one day, boy, I could really use a, a different driver. And then boom, you know, people are, our, our companies are, are tweeting, Hey, you want to try this? You want to try that? And you know, I, I have so many people ha have, have done it and I would get clubs that way. I actually went out and bought clubs. I, I bought like a driver, a rescue club and a three wood. And, and so I, I, it's the new, what the new, um, is a tailor-made stealth. I went out and bought those and, and I felt, I, I even told your mother, I felt dirty doing it. I, I just, I, I said, this is so lame that I'm going out and spending hundreds of dollars on a club that it's me. It's not the club. It is me, but I'm so, I'm so like, wanting to do well that if i hear i i'm falling into that trap of i hear tiger woods on a commercial say this is the most forgiving driver and i used to laugh at those things and now i'm like oh i gotta go get that <laughs> i'm oh and while i'm there i'll get the three wood as well i mean it's it, it's turning me into a nutcase i almost i'm looking forward to this very much to see a lot of people i haven't seen in a while and meet like the ray romanos of the world but there's part of me that almost can't wait till it's over because I don't know how I'm going to golf. I've never golfed four days in a row. And one of those is a pro-am on Thursday. And then I have to golf three days in a row of competition and walk all three days. I've never walked. And now add to it, I've got Stugatz as my caddy on Friday. And God knows what? how long he'll even be on the court. Yes. Yes. How about that little tidbit? Stugatz who has been to this Jesus. event and played in some of the pro-ams, he got, all of a sudden I get a text from an NBC official and Stu Gotts that says, hey, Mike, it's all been approved that Stu can be your, your caddy. I'm like, what? Stu's my caddy? Stu's like, oh, yeah, I've golfed on, on this course like four times. I know it. I said, no, you don't. You don't know it better than a local caddy. I need someone who's a professional and knows what the hell they're doing on this course. And now, yes. I have Stu Gotts, who, Mike, you know, A, isn't going to carry my bag for 18 holes, and B, won't even stay with me for the 18 holes. He is going to disappear, to which I had to text. I'm sorry I'm ranting about this. I had to text no. the NBC official and say, listen, when Stu leaves me, and we both know he will, what am I going to do? I said, I got two bad shoulders and a bad knee. I'm walking is already going to kill me. Now I got to throw the bag on my back. Real first world problems here, but I can't do that. And they're like, well, the caddy you were going to have, he can walk outside the ropes. And then when Stu ditches you, which he will, I can then bring the caddy in 
to help me out. So yeah, this is what I got working. Stu has entered the sauce of this thing, which I'm already nervous about being in this tournament. And now Stu is there to muck up my day. Uh, Stu Gotts is going to roll into this <laughs> tournament reeking oh. like a Grateful Dead concert, which is just a combination yes. of sweat and weed. And you're right, is 100% going to leave you. And Dad, this is now what I'm worried about. Because what you just described there, we all know the Stu, and I love Stu Gotts. It's going to be great for a few holes. And we're going to yeah. get, because I'm going to be following you guys around. We're yes. going to have plenty of content coming from this. But I am looking for the iconic picture. You know, like the Lynn Dawson halftime picture of him burning the heater the in the Chiefs locker room? Yes. I need that picture of you and Stu Gotts out in the course because I know at some point Stu's going to burn a heater out there on some green while he's trying to help you and failing to help you read a putt, and I am going to take the picture that's going to be on the cover of Time Magazine if and when we can bribe someone there to put Stu Gotts on the cover of Time Magazine, which, based on this, Stu Gotts somehow, despite being Stu Gotts, knows enough official people to always get something done here. But, Dad, what's going to happen is much like when Stu Gotts and I did Weekend Observations, our 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Sunday morning sports talk radio show together, when Stu Gotts didn't want to do something, he would just carefully position it as him creating an opportunity for me and once created an entire segment called Gojo, where a hungover Stu Gotts would simply read the subject, say Gojo, and then I would talk. Stu Gotts is going to somehow turn this into, hey, Gojo, buddy, listen, I got to go recruit guests later. You and I are going to do this. It's going to be great great on God bless football. You're going to take your dad's bag for the rest of this round. And I'm going to end up having to go out yep. there and caddy yep. once Stu Gotts leaves and ditches me. That's a hundred percent. I can already see how this is going to go because we've lived the shared Stu Gotts experience. Well, just know I'll be looking for the caddy first and I believe he is going to be there, but if not, you're right because it's between you, your mother and your pregnant sister, which means yeah. you win. Or in this case, you lose because you are now lugging around my bag and will not be able to give me any kind of knowledge of the course at all. So you want to talk about us flying blind out there. I, th this is like a one and only invite for me for the way this is going. Stu already, you know he's not going to be there because or the whole time. He's going to a dead concert that night, Friday night in San Francisco. So I don't know how oh, long Jesus. he's going to be with me, but he's managed before that to screw up my entire round already, which is pure stew. So this is this is what I'm this. Uh, so I'm trying to get my rid of my slice now, and then I'll be trying to get rid of stew on Friday. Uh, so my dad has become a mark, not only for golf related products that the industry is trying to sell him, but also for another one of Stu Gotts's grand plans heading into the American Century Classic. Hey dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So, Dad, speaking of going back to, away from the Stu Gotts portion of this conversation, and back to uh, be careful who you meet uh, as far as the celebrities that you enjoy, 
You think Victor Wembanyama and his camp had a little tinge of regret with how they handled that whole Britney Spears situation after wow. what was clearly the Britney Spears curse infiltrated Victor Wembanyama's first game in Summer League as a pro where he went 2 of 13 from the field because I feel like, one, huge missed opportunity by the NCAA and PA not playing toxic at some point during the proceedings yep. in that game. Shame on them for that. But two, Dad, very clearly, he walked on Britney Spears' turf, he acted foul, and the basketball gods punished him for that in that first game. I'd imagine some people were willing and ready to run wild with their evaluation of him and start shouting bust after one game. And it just goes to show you it can be guilt by association because Victor didn't really do anything wrong in the Britney Spears situation, right? He was just doing what the security people said, keep walking. Now, I think what was over-embellished was it, they made it sound like there was this crowd he was walking through. It, there was no crowd. Yeah. There. There, there was nobody. There was nobody there. But I guess still the idea is when you're a star like that, their thought process is keep walking, don't turn around, just keep moving or a crowd will gather. And there was zero crowd. There was only Brittany running up behind him. That was it. So it really isn't Victor's fault what happened, but it, it is going I to be. I am it amazed just shows how that it little security Britney Spears had too, though. Like that part yeah. amazed me that there was no one in this hallway here outside of this restaurant, that no one was crowding around the seven foot four guy. It was just his security. And that Britney Spears, who is 10,000 times more famous than him. And if anyone hasn't seen the video, TMZ released it at the end of last week, literally the day we said, I'm sure the video isn't far behind. I, the whole situation confounded me. And again, it sounds like somewhere in the middle, everyone could have done a little bit better yeah. on this. Britney Spears probably should know you don't run up on another celebrity, especially when they're around security. I'm sure she's had that for years and dealt with that the same. His security guard probably could have turned around and actually looked to see who it was before that. It sounds like their camps exchanged apologies inside, but not publicly. Right. But at the end of the day, Dad, you're right. This was a stink by association that made its way over to a 2 of 13 shooting performance for Big Vic in what I'd imagine was one of the most watched summer league games we've had in quite some time, because watching that game from start to finish, I was reminded why we don't watch summer league and why people probably look at me like some sort of sicko when I'm tweeting about the third quarter of an NFL preseason game. Cause wow, is this a hard watch? Well, and, and I wonder, I, I, I would say go back and look at um, the ratings for like Zion's first game, right? In the, in yeah. the summer league, as opposed to Victor's first game in the summer league and see where they were, but what it does, it prompts you to look at other stars uh, and their their first game. And, and he did well. He, he played his second game last night at 27 points, started feeling a little more comfortable hitting jumpers and such, you know, uh, in, in their game against Portland, which they lost. So he's just he's just so big. And, 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 he, and I heard him say he's looking forward to the next three months of just concentrating on nothing but basketball, nutrition, lifting, and getting ready for the season because we don't know if he's going to play anymore. He's going to talk to Pop and see there. I think there's three more games, but he's not sure he's playing in any of them because the one thing, while he is tall and, and pretty darn athletic for his size, he he kind of ends up on the ground a little bit, and he, he and you know guys in the NBA are going to really try and muscle him as well. So you know he wants to put on some weight and get some strength. Yeah, it's a reminder. He said in the last few months, probably less than 50% of my schedule yeah. has been basketball because he's got all these things that he had to go do. Dad, it's kind of like we see every year with guys going into the NFL where you come off your college season, you go right to combine training, you go to the combine, you go to the draft, you do all these things that are decidedly right. not football and then have to finally get back into doing this thing that's going to feed your family and change your life. And so Big Vic is dealing with a lot of that. I'd imagine we're done seeing him because the 27-point Game. They really, I think, just wanted to give everybody that little bit of taste of what's to come yeah, and probably yeah. let Big Vic see that and feel that, right? Coming over from a different league that first game, he's like, it, it was my first game. Of course, I was a little out of sorts. And he's playing with people that are markedly worse than the players he'll be playing with. Like, it's very much like NFL preseason game. You see a bunch of guys that are just mashing down turbo on the joystick, going 100 miles right. an hour, trying to get theirs in the name of making this roster, as Victor Wembenyama's trying to make the right plays, executing some really good passes, 
going out there and hitting some step back shots in the second game. So you let him get enough of a taste and then you get him the hell out of here before anyone goes too wild with this, because dad, lest we need a reminder of how little summer league actually matters. I was going back, like you said, and looking back some old scores of debuts of guys in summer league, right? Like LeBron James, I think went for 14, seven and six in his debut. Kobe Bryant famously had 27 points in his first summer league game. Tim Duncan went for 14, eight and three uh, with two blocks. Speaking of another Spurs legend, but seeing this write-up from ESPN.com about James Harden debut really just cemented it here because of the other name that they brought up. The quote was, James Harden, the third overall pick by the Oklahoma City Thunder in last month's draft, had 19 points and five rebounds Tuesday night in the most anticipated matchup of the five-day Orlando Summer League. But Tyler Hansbro, the 13th pick by Indiana, was even better. With team president Larry Bird watching from the baseline, Hansbro scored 23 points, hit two threes, and led the Pacers to a 91-88 victory. And we <laughs> know how both of those careers went. So it's a reminder for everybody. While we'll spin the wheels on talk shows talking about Victor Wembanyama and overanalyzing this, it doesn't matter even a little bit. No, no, it does not. Not not even a little bit. Completely agree. And, and I agree with you. I think we're done seeing him. I think he got to build a little bit of confidence. And, and I guess the big thing is got a little more comfortable out there. You started seeing stuff that when, when we didn't really know about this guy, the casual fan, you got to see the highlights from the team he was with before the draft. You started to see a little bit of that. With He's got a nice, smooth jumper. Uh, he does pass the ball well. So you got to see a little bit of that. And I have a feeling uh, that, that uh, Greg Popovich, uh, his coach, is going to say, okay, we're, we're good. Nice game. Go ahead. And now, now let's hit that three-month period that even, as we said, Big Vic talked about, where it is going to be nothing but eat, eat, sleep, and drink basketball. Yeah, call up Giannis Antetokounmpo and ask him, what did you eat and what did you lift to get those shoulders? Because if you go back and look at Giannis when he first came over here yep. and the Giannis we got now, get yourself right on that weight program. We have seen it proven. You could go out here, Desmond Bay proved it, and win with football shoulders. And right now, Big Vic is comically large. He did some go-go gadget stuff that no one else will be able to do, but we need a little ass on there too, Vic. We need a little ass. <laughs> The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So, Dad, you mentioned you were watching a lot of tennis this weekend. I want to read you potentially the most tennis headline ever crafted <laughs> coming out of Wimbledon. Um, this on ESPN.com, to me, just sums up the sport. Wimbledon umpire asks fans not to pop bottles during serve. Apparently, every year during Wimbledon, tens of thousands of champagne bottles are opened. But apparently one chair umpire had, had enough uh, asking the patrons to not open their bottles of champagne during the serves, which to me brings up two things. One, this idea of in golf and tennis, how sacred the athlete is, that you can't do anything to possibly bother them during this, even though we played in a sport where you've got 80,000 people screaming at you while a 300-pound guy tries to tear your head off, but no one seems to care all that much then. And then two, the fact that these people have readily available bottles of champagne they can just bring to their seats. I mean, and, and it's not like where he could easily just say he or she, whoever the umpire is, just say, 
hey, listen, let's yeah. keep it down during the serve. No noise during the serve. Literally, he said, don't open your champagne bottle, your bottle of champagne during the serve. I mean, it was it was a laugh. Everybody laughed, including the players out there. And I started to think, is there another sport where you'd have that issue of popping champagne bottles? And, and I thought maybe polo, but also I don't think polo, you have to be quiet, you know, during those matches. So this is the only one where, you know, you're, you're not hearing that at a golf tournament, right? All you're hearing is everybody quiet and then somebody yell, get in the hole, like an idiot uh, out Mashed there. potatoes! But I, yeah, yeah, I've never heard the don't open the champagne bottle while a guy's, you know, in his backswing. So that was uh, that was somewhat uh, amazing to hear. But, but I thought of something watching. So I had always said, I think the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball off a major league pitcher, hitting a baseball, round ball, round bat, I, I, I think is just, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things to do. But then I'm watching Wimbledon, and I'm watching these guys serve 130, 140 miles an hour. I think Isner has the record at like 156 or 57 miles an hour. Um, I, I'm watching these guys serve, and I'm thinking, my God, they hit it so hard and so fast. So take an average person, not even like a former athlete. Take take the average Joe or Jane off the street and and and, and put it in similar situations. Could could a guy off the street? What would he have a? What would he do first? Actually, return a serve in play, or hit a baseball off a major league pitcher in play. Now, for either one, I gotta believe you're either just sticking the bat out or sticking the racket out to try and hit the ball because you're not taking a full hard swing at a baseball. I think and making contact and same on the tennis court, the average person. So I, I'm wondering, and I think I know the answer. I think I know where I'm going because I already said I think baseball is it, it's the hardest thing to do is hit a baseball. But watching these guys serve made me really start rethinking, could an average person return this 140-mile-an-hour serve and put it in play? Yeah, I just immediately went to math because I want to be abundantly clear. I have no chance of doing either of these things. Like, no, I have enough either. healthy None. respect for my opponent and what these freak shows are able to do. But just doing the math here, like you said, on one side with tennis, you got more surface area on the racket. So I feel like you could stick that yeah. out. But you've also got more ground that you've got to cover. They've got a wider range of the court that right. they can use to place the serve. And they do it with lethal accuracy. Everybody involved here. With baseball, like you said, round bat, round ball. But you're also just dealing with a comparatively smaller area where the ball's coming. The problem is... I'm also terrified of the baseball actually hitting me. Like you mentioned poking the bat yes. out there. I wouldn't even put it out there to bunt because I fear one of my fingers getting sawed off because my fat hands are not going to be in the right place because I'm a moron. And, and just know this, that, that if we're actually doing this and the average Joe steps in the batter's box, where do you think that pitcher is throwing the ball? He's Ooh. going inside, right? Ooh. I mean, do you imagine him starting to hook inside and how quickly I would bail and end up on my back to get the hell out of the way? I mean, to make you move. So, so that, that, oh man, I, because I, that's a good point. The more area to cover, even though you have a bigger thing to hit with in tennis, as opposed to you're in a confined space. But man, with the way the pitchers make the ball move, this thing could look like it's coming right at you. And who's, what average Joe is going to just stand right in that batter's box? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going the tennis return just because I am less physically afraid of getting yeah. hit by the projectile, <laughs> even though they're hitting it like 150 miles an hour there. But it's a softer ball than a baseball. It's it's kind of like and, and listen, we we've done this all. We've all done this. If you had a show long enough, especially in June or July, what hurts more, getting hit with a baseball, a lacrosse ball at full tilt, or a hockey puck at, at a hard shot? You know, pick your poison on which one you got to want to get smoked with. You know. Yeah, 364 more days till next year's hockey tryouts. We got to toughen up. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, speaking of baseballs, home run derby coming up tonight. Dad, where are you at on the home run derby? I know this is 
traditionally kind of like, you know, the dunk contest, all the all-star fun time games. They've tried to retool the format a bunch. Where have you been at? Because I thought last year, really exciting product in the home run derby where we ended up with, you know, Julio Rodriguez, the young phenom in Seattle, who is yep. going to be yep. hosting this year as the contest is in Seattle. And then Ronald Acuna, who had been moved around, all the things with him. It was a really fun contest. Is this something you look forward to still after all your yeah. years of doing this? Yes, yes, I do. While the dunk contest has kind of fallen off some, I, I still watch it just in case you get some of those wow moments. One of the same reasons I watched the Home Run Derby, you know, got to attend a few of them. And then I, I do enjoy watching them. I'm actually bummed Rodriguez and Alonzo are matched up in the first round because I don't know if anybody wants it more than Alonzo, right? And he could become <laughs> just the second at least three-time winner right he's a two-time winner and i think only griffey jr has won it three times and i think there's a couple of or a few two-time winners so alonzo can set himself put him in griffey's uh category right now but that dude he he's serious about it and so i'm a little bummed because rodriguez what a show he put on last year so i'm a little bummed there in the first round against one another yeah according to DraftKings sportsbook you mentioned it Pete Alonzo, you cannot emphasize enough the want-to factor is the yeah. odds-on favorite right now at plus 310 on DraftKings Sportsbook. The next closest is Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's also going to be in the contest against Mookie Betts, who is doing it for the first time around. I loved the quote from Mookie Betts, who said apparently he did this because his wife tried to get him to do it. It said it was the one thing he really hadn't done as a player. And his quote was, it's the last thing I haven't done. My wife kind of compared it to NBA superstar LeBron James not doing the dunk contest. And that's not a knock or anything, but she just feels like for what I'm trying to do in baseball to bring awareness to black culture, I should probably be more involved. Dad, I don't think the funny part of that quote is the idea that it's a knock on LeBron James. It's Mookie Betts comparing himself to LeBron James or his wife comparing him yeah. to LeBron James his wife. this analogy. His, his wife, yeah, his wife, because LeBron doesn't do that. Mookie doesn't do that. Yeah, that was... A little bit of a stretch there, but I'm happy he's doing it. But yeah, definitely a, a, a bit of a stretch. Uh, his odds, I, I think he's the uh, second lowest odds. He's at plus 1100, right? It's um, uh, it's yeah, him. He's, yeah, he's, he's at a, he's at plus 1100. Randy Aruzarena, who's going up against the Dallas Garcia in the first round, is at my is at plus 1000. And then uh, Audley Rushman uh, is plus 1800. Is at the least right. the worst odds in the field. So. It, uh, it'll be an interesting group. I'm excited to watch. Like you said, Pete Alonso, and this just tells you, to your point about interest in the contest and stars participating, the fact that the only other three-time winner was Ken Griffey Jr. is insane yeah, and yeah. tells you what this kind of contest used to mean. And now we've got Pete Alonso deadlifting in the dugout, keeping himself fresh for later rounds in the home <laughs> run derby, which will be awesome to watch. So very fun times, rooting for the polar bear and all those guys. Decent odds, like you mentioned, on Mookie Betts there, if you wanted to take a flyer. He's the three seed in the contest. We've got everyone. So the home run leader in Major League Baseball right now, unsurprisingly, is Shohei Itani. If you want to guess the Major League leader in some stat at this point, just guess Shohei Itani and you have a pretty decent odd of being right, followed by Matt Olson at two with 29. And then we've got Mookie Betts, Pete Alonzo, and Luis Robert tied with th uh, third in Major League Baseball with 26 homers apiece through the first half of the season, all in the contest. So that should be a ton of fun, Dad. Um, what is not a ton of fun is what's going on in college sports over the weekend, Dad. I feel like we need to address these headlines in tandem because yeah. it was perplexing in different ways, right? So over the weekend, you had a pair of headlines. The easier of which to digest, I think, is what went on with Bob Huggins. Apparently, over after announcing his resignation from West Virginia as their head basketball coach after in very close succession, a DUI arrest and also an appearance on a radio show where he made homophobic comments uh, on air on national or on local radio apparently is now coming back and saying he didn't actually formally resign, that the resignation came from his wife's email address and thus would not be binding and is demanding that West Virginia reinstate him in a way that West Virginia has already sub like summarily rejected. And dad, I, I, 
The only thing I can come up with is are West Virginia's retirement benefits clearly bad enough to where Bob Huggins feels like he needs to come back and try and pry more money out of the settlement situation from this. I, 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 I can't look and make this headline make sense. And that's saying a lot because this whole summer of Bob Huggins headlines have not made sense. So this, this is a mess. And this is one of those where as anybody who follows Andrew Brandt on uh, social media, uh, his line of lawyers will be involved uh, fits lawyers are going to get rich on this one because this is going to be about depicting the law of a contract, right? Because everybody was breaking down the contract where in contract you resign by it having to be in writing, right? And this was in an email, but it was from June's account. But, you know, if this was our household, my wife and I, we come from the same account. So you were the first person I thought of, Dad, Bob Huggins, huge wife guy, not having his own actual email that he deals with anymore. It just it did make me think of you. That was the most understandable part of this is that Bob Huggins obviously sent this through his wife's email, which is probably the one they use for all official business and now is trying to use that as his cop out for I didn't actually resign. So what that so that's going to come down to in the courts or whoever to decide what's legal, what's not legal is the document is what she sent legal and binding. If it's not, then what's the alternative? I mean, this is one of those. So it's either going to be this resignation letter by June accepted and said that's a resignation letter. You know, he's he resigned that it's all legal or it's going to be, okay, it's not. He hasn't legally resigned. But then you wonder, doesn't West Virginia have the right to then fire him with cause? So, because if this is a money play, if you get fired, that's one thing. There's usually a, a buyout or a number that you come to. But if you're fired with cause, a lot of times there's nothing. There's nothing that you get. And is the cause, will they have cause with the homophobic uh, comments? And then the DUI when he was in Pittsburgh, Will that be cause enough? That's going to be the next thing decided if, in fact, it goes there. So I also think it's one of those, Mike, where you have to look a little bit at the lawyers or those representing West Virginia and saying, you know, did did you not do a good enough job of making sure the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed? And was it because Bob has been there so long, Bob is from there, Bob went to school there, it's so, it's kind of family and comfortable there uh, where they just said, okay, you know, this is a reg- resignation letter from June, all is cool, as opposed to a West Virginia attorney saying, no, 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 we need written from Bob Huggins. We need his signature on this thing. I know, I know he's been here a long time. I know we're all close with him. I know it's a family atmosphere, but through the legal legalities of these things, we need it from him and signed by him. And that didn't seem to happen here. So that this that may cost West Virginia in the long run. Yeah, that seems to be a case of maybe doing too much too soon and not doing it, like you said, crossing your T's and dotting your I's, even if it was ultimately the only move on the table for West Virginia. Bob Huggins could not coach that team this season based off everything that's happened there. Dad, with what's going on with Northwestern football, there seems to be a case of not doing oh. enough and then having information they didn't expect to come out, come to life. The timeline for this over the weekend is interesting to note. So on Friday, Northwestern came out and announced a suspension for Pat Fitzgerald, the head football coach, for two weeks without pay during the dead recruiting period in the summer, which basically (laughs) meant he went from paid vacation to unpaid vacation during this time period. uh, It came after an independent investigation by the school into allegations of hazing that were made across the football program. The investigation didn't uncover evidence pointing to any specific player or coach, but participation and knowledge of hazing was found to be widespread across football players, Northwestern said in a summary of the investigation's findings. They also didn't find evidence, Dad, that Pat Fitzgerald actually knew about this. But also investigators said there had been significant opportunities to discover. Basically, they said he didn't know, but he should have at some point being the head coach and with how widespread this was. Fast forward to Saturday, the Northwestern School newspaper, the Daily Northwestern, has reports with te- uh, recounts from a former Northwestern football player who told the Daily that some of the hazing conduct investigated involved coerced sexual acts, 
weird acts called, you know, running in the locker room where reportedly a mass group of players would take the player that was being run into a room and like dry hump them wearing masks. It was all very bizarre. And then now you get the Northwestern president coming out and saying, well, maybe we didn't get this suspension right and we're going to revisit it with this information and light. Dad, it seems like the school didn't expect all of this to come out and got right. caught trying to levy a much lighter penalty, to your point again, on a guy in Pat Fitzgerald, who is their holy grail, who is right. their, you know, one of their greatest all-time players, Northwestern's favorite son, and tried to give him a slap on the wrist during the football offseason when they didn't think people would care, and their own incredible journalism school and great student paper ended up going and being able to uncover the thing that now might cost Pat Fitzgerald his job which yeah. is an insane sentence to say out loud for a guy I never thought could do anything football-wise. They've been bad the last few years to actually get himself fired there. You know, this one has more tentacles than, than the Huggins one for sure because you have a former player who's making these accusations or a current player saying the former player told him, I'm trying to get Pat Fitzgerald fired, and that's why he was doing this, and that former player saying no – you know, Pat should be fired, but that's not why I'm doing this. There's a whole lot of he said, he said going on between former players and current players. And as you mentioned, the current players put out a letter from the entire team saying, A, this stuff is being twisted and exaggerated, and B, Pat Fitzgerald didn't know anything about it. So that, that comes down to, listen, we've dealt with a lot of things where a head coach is involved over the years. And the thought process is you either knew about it and didn't don't, didn't do anything about it, or you didn't know about it. And is that even a bigger strike against you if you didn't know about it? You know, I, I how much do we put on head coaches that they should know every single thing that's going on in the program? We put a lot on them, right? It's their program. They're the head coach. They should know what's going on. And the former player, a couple of them, did tell things of signals that Pat was doing during practice that supposedly suggested it was going to lead to some of this hazing. Again, a lot of he said, he said out there. But I'll, I'll go with what I said earlier is, what do you put on a – what do you, Mike, put on a head coach? Should he know absolutely everything, whether it's this situation or not, everything that's going on with his team? So you either knew about it and are okay with it, or you didn't know about it, and that's even worse that you don't know what's happening with your program. I would generally think you're responsible, and we hear this all the time, especially in collegiate jobs, you're responsible with the safety and protection of the young men or young women in your stead. If you're a coach on a college campus, you take so much pride in setting the culture and the rest of the building that dad, at the very least, it would be a reflection of that, right? What you've allowed to happen under the culture you right. helped create as a coach, either directly or indirectly. I don't know if that should lead to him losing his job. And I, I, I that's the part I can't fully bring myself yet. Should he get fired? I think now they've created circumstance, dad, where it's very possible because they didn't come out and punish him even close to adequately to begin with on this well and is there more is there going to be more involved because people are talking about there were kind of sexual things that went on so should law the law enforcement have been brought into this remember this was an internal and this was an independent investigation that the school set up this had nothing to do with law enforcement should law enforcement yeah. be involved in this and so i don't know where this can still go if that's still a possibility or not, or what's going to happen here. But it seems that the president, Michael Schill, has given himself a position of saying, well, I can do a whole hell of a lot more to Pat Fitzgerald now because I certainly screw this up by giving him a basically a two-week unpaid vacation. I want to make clear, if nothing else, this is not something that is just routine locker room behavior. This no. does not happen no. a bunch of places. This is not common. I can assure you that. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's go ahead and finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories uh, to send you off in your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to hear. 
Um, Dad, I need to address the elephant in the room here, though, for anyone that's watching this on YouTube or DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus. Uh, the catastrophic sunburn that I've got this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Being a bald man for a while now, I need to be better about taking care of my head, and I wasn't this weekend. But everyone can notice that the one area on my face that was adequately protected was behind my sunglasses, and that is thanks to our friends at Knockaround. Summer is in full swing, and while you need to protect the rest of your face with sunscreen, you need to protect your eyes with quality polarized sunglasses, and that's what Knockaround is here to help do. They are your go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. They also just put out their MLB collection, nine teams, the first part of their collection, including the Red Sox, the Yankees, the hometown Mariners for the uh, Home Run Derby, and the All-Star game coming up in the next couple of days. You can also get the official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses there as we get ready for the Women's World Cup coming up soon to make sure you're looking good and feeling good for that. So don't be the one squinting into the sun, worried about getting sand in their overpriced sunglasses. Be like me and protect your eyes, even if you don't do the rest of your face. Head to knockaround.com for great-looking polarized shades starting at just $28. Bucks. Uh, Dad, what, what, what was your thought process? What, what was yeah. your thought process? I mean, seriously, what? You, you know the sun is out. You're in California. It's hot. UV can be pretty high out there. You you got your hat on backwards, obviously. What What's the thought process of saying, yeah, I'm just going to let my face burn? My thought process was this happened when I was out at breakfast and the back of my neck was already crispy from the day before. I thought I'd throw the hat in reverse to give it a little coverage with the bill. And I thought, you know what? I'm only out here for 30 minutes, maybe. Surely that's not enough time to do irreparable damage to my face and give me a weird umbrella looking thing on my forehead. I got to concede Colin Cowherd might be right about backwards hat guys. Clearly, there are consequences that come with the backwards hat that I hadn't anticipated before. I thought he was just dunking on Baker Mayfield and some of those guys. Colin, I'm sorry for doubting you for all these years. So, <laughs> Dad, I didn't think my weak white skin was as weak and white as it was, but uh, apparently I was very wrong on that. Yep. Um, yes, <laughs> speaking of very wrong, let's get to this, that, and the third. Oh, um, and, Dad, let's yeah. start Let's start with this. If we're talking about bold choices made in public, uh, Smith got absolutely roasted this weekend as him, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas went to Wimbledon with all of their significant others hanging out, and everyone started mercilessly destroying Spieth for having a wrinkly suit in public. Dad, I feel like especially coming off the white party right now that Michael Rubin just had, celebrities got to be really careful about what they're wearing in public because my standard for what I think rich people are supposed to dress like through the roof at this point. Yeah, listen, and, and I know, listen, being on the road, you've been on the road a bunch, I've been on the road a bunch, we both know how to pull out the ironing board and iron and, and take care of any kind of wrinkly clothes that we have so we look good going out. I I, I don't know what the thought pro. I mean, it looks, well, I think deservedly so, he got roasted, right? I kind of like, there's the one picture of just the three of those guys standing together, and I like the look um, of Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler with the sunglasses tucked in the the jacket breast pocket, I kind of like that. I like that look. Poor Jordan. I mean, he he just uh, he's just getting ripped all the way around. People are ripping him for wearing tennis shoes as well. I don't have a problem with that. Tennis shoes with the suit. A lot of people do that, but boy, oh boy, it's that thing wrinkly. It, it is a mess. Yeah, I, and I I should probably stand corrected before. I thought the whitest thing you could do was get my sunburn, but that collection of golfers going to Wimbledon seems like the whitest combination of events as we sit here <laughs> and and just destroy their suits. So um, from fashion to violence, Dad, let's go to that. Um, nothing like a good Wade Boggs story making its way to the timeline here as it was revealed that apparently Wade Boggs threatened to beat his manager with a bat prior to his 3,000th career hit. The story came out in Wade Boggs uh, doing an interview uh, when he was down with the uh, Devil Ra then Tampa Bay Devil Rays getting to go out there for his 3,000th hit. He said that apparently his manager, Larry Rothschild, said, I'm going to pinch hit for you, to which Boggs said, Larry, I will go down into this tunnel right now and beat you with this bat. He then went out and crushed a two-run shot off Chris Haney to become the first ever player to homer on his 3,000th hit. So, Dad, more Wade Boggs folklore making its way out there. This one very unsurprising. There, there, there's one way to talk yourself into being able to remain at bat, and there's another way to do it. Threatening to beat your manager with a bat 
is certainly a way to go, I guess. <laughs> I wonder how that would be be today. You know, go, this is obviously back uh, decades ago of what it would be like today if a player actually said that to a manager and that got out publicly like now, what the repercussions would be, if any. I got to imagine there'd be more today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I would think so. Although this is really a testament to the Wade Boggs Richter scale, because obviously Wade Boggs, everyone thinks of the cross country flight crushing 73 beers or whatever the number was like, that's the Wade Boggs folklore that we all think of. So when we read this, I'm like, oh, this really isn't that crazy, especially given what we know Wade Boggs is capable of. So it's a testament to the reputation that that man has built, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's a he's a, a hard dude, right? He's a, he's a hard dude. I mean, you know, the man had a bit of a temper and, and enjoyed himself a bit as well. And by the way, I stand corrected. The urban legend is 107 beers. Apparently Wade Boggs confirmed 73 beers and, you know, just didn't mind when people exaggerated it all the way up to triple digits. So uh, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, kids. No. That's the moral uh, for today. Dan, let's get to the third with some actual current baseball here and maybe a guy that can one day make uh, Wade Boggs proud. We had Major League Baseball draft last night, and Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz go one and two off the board. The two LSU teammates that are fresh off winning the Men's College World Series become the first pair of teammates to ever go one and two in Major League Baseball draft history. The Pittsburgh Pirates had the number one overall pick and took the hard-throwing pitcher. Dad, Paul Skeens, we got to talk about during the College World Series. Six-foot-six, mountain of a man, former Air Force baseball player as well, a guy who actually moonlighted as a catcher there too, came out throwing triple-digit gas during the College World Series, was named the most outstanding player of the College World Series, and as we heard, the rumbling start to build during that now gets the payoff of going number one overall. And, Dad, there's a lot of people that think he could be a guy that gets called up to the bigs as soon as 2024 yeah. and gets going helping out a major league roster. Yeah, you mentioned he and Cruz go one and two two times – teammates uh went one and three but never one and two so that as you mentioned th this was a first very cool the other uh, uh hell of a power hitting center fielder and Cruz, uh, what he's able to do so we'll see what he does in washington he was a big bryce harper fan uh watching bryce play out there but skeens is, was fun to watch a big man as i said sick i i brought it back to a guy that was in your draft class uh kyle long who was actually a, a left-handed pitcher at like six seven out of high school and pitched at Florida State uh, before going back to football? I, I just can't imagine. We talked about hitting a baseball off a major league pitcher when that major league pitcher is six six, two hundred and some pounds, and just throws unbelievable gas. Of how frightening if you're in the batter's box and you have to stare at that as that's leaning toward you and just releasing that that flamethrower at you. It's you get a lot of leeway to pitch very aggressively because then on the other side of that is, all right, you want to do something? Charge the mound. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine there were a lot of people, especially back in high school, signing up to charge the mound for Kyle Long. And I'd imagine Paul Skeens probably puts that same level of fear or at least, you know, what? I shouldn't say fear because these are all grown men, some yeah. big, powerful right, boys. Right. But uh a healthy respect for the business decision that you are likely making if you were to charge the bound in that particular setting. We appreciate everyone making the business decision to check out this podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube and DraftKingsNetwork.com. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank.